on this episode of Quantum Week, April 11th through 17th, 1993. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. And we talk about movies, music, and headlines. And today we are in uh, April 1993. That's right. With the Sandlot and Informer. Correct. Uh, so we're going to be uh, this week actually for three episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're, gonna, uh, we're doing uh, the Sandlot. And uh, Saturday we're back with Indecent, Indecent proposal. proposal. And then we're going to be back the following Wednesday with Unforgiving. Yeah. So, uh, three, so we're going to be, uh, in this week for a little while here. Why not? Why not? Um, so w- let's get into the Sandlot. The Sandlot. Yes. Um, should I just, okay. I'll just say what it is. So Scotty, you're killing me smalls moves to San Fernando Valley, California with his family and learns to play baseball with neighborhood friends. They have to retrieve a ball from a scary dog called the beast. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Right. So I don't like this film. This might hit my bottom five, dude. Wow, that is an awful take. This, this, this is this, perhaps worse than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is my my like the fifth worst for me right you, now. You you are spectacularly wrong. I here. fucking I don't That's like a terrible. Take. I don't like this film. This film is delightful. This is a really really enjoyable movie. Mm. I yeah we we don't usually talk about it beforehand, but we so I didn't know. I assume Matt's take based on his reaction. But Matt didn't know this was like a big movie among people younger than us. You said, yeah, 25 to 30, what, 35 so. year old kid, people They're in their 30s. Because I, I watch kids in their 30s. May, do you Guys think maybe, in their 30s. You think, so maybe I was a little bit too old when I saw it the first time. It didn't. I didn't. I think I probably liked it enough the first time I saw it. I was 15, I think 14 or 15. Uh, and so, but I, it's not like it had like a like I didn't have nostalgic feelings about it when we went back this time. I was kind of dreading watching it because I thought it'd be sort of boring, and it is. Uh, but you you think people who are ten years younger maybe would have that nostalgic feeling towards yeah, I it, think, and would look forward to watching it a second time. Yeah, I think they have watched it a second time. They watched it many times. For guys in their thirties, I think this is the Goonies that we had. This okay? Uh, why? It's it's a really really resonated. I, I think it's a very good movie. I think this movie really does what it's supposed to do really well. I mean, if you compare it to things, so the Goonies is a good example, but also things like, I know this is uh, eight years or seven years earlier, but Stand By Me is like right. a coming of age film. I find that those films have way more depth of caricature, uh, char- a character and show, you know, show a, a relationship among boys in a lot more, um, I don't, in a lot better way than this one does. It just, this doesn't, this doesn't do it for me in that way. This movie, I think, is uh, Stand by Me is a possible comparison. I think Stand by Me has a different, to- I mean, it's totally it's different Stephen tone. King, yeah, Stephen King, right? Novella. I mean, it's a different animal. A lot of people compare this movie to a Christmas story, which I is a movie I can I, see that a movie I don't like at all. I think that's an okay film. I really don't like that movie. Probably, it doesn't age as well. Like I liked it as a kid a lot more. I saw this. I saw a Sandlot in the theaters. Uh, so I was mm. whatever thirteen. Um, and I remember thinking, I'm really enjoying this, but I'm just a tad too old for it. You never want to watch a movie where, especially when you're a kid, when you're the same age as the characters, you always, it's always more interesting to watch kids that are like three years older than you because right. it's kind of mysterious and exciting. Yeah. Um, so like Goonies, when Goonies came out, those kids are what, probably like 11? And I yeah. saw that when I was five. And I was, in, I'm like, oh right. wow, these kids are so, so exciting. They're doing this huge adventure thing. Yes. Look at all the gadgets. Yeah, it was, it and was. And they just seemed a little older. And any, any, when you're a kid, anyone who's a little older, it's really exciting. Right. Uh, so when I saw this, I was, I was a tiny bit older than uh, the characters, but I still really enjoyed this movie. This movie does a lot of things really well. It's directed really well. I think it's written very well, and it's casted brilliantly. Okay. I mean, okay. So I just... T- Cinema Score gave us a B plus, which is like a Quantum Week F, you realize. Uh, it is for a kid's movie, too. Yeah, it's pretty weak. Uh, I don't really care about what Cinema Score said in 1993 about a movie, to be yeah, honest I don't you. know. I was just bringing it up as a... It is interesting, though. slap in the face. It, it's, it's, it's interesting that um, this movie didn't play well, because it is... It, and yeah, it didn't do well in the theaters. It kind of got a cult following, it seems, but it only did $30 million in the in the theaters. It's not bad for the movie like this, though. Back to, $30 million in 1993, it's like $50, 60000000 million now for a, a kid's movie that didn't cost much to make. It, it's not bad. And, okay, so you... And stand By Me, you can watch as an adult, and it gives you a lot more value than watching this as an adult. That's probably the other thing. Right. Is there's sort of a, a bigger range in, you know, I don't in entertainment think it's a value. fair comparison. Um, but 
Yeah, because the writing's so much better. I know. I know the the intent is a little bit different. Well, the too, source material is also source material is mean, way better. It's, it's a lot better. Uh, it's a different, but it's a different kind of movie. I mean, it's it's a different, it's a different animal. Yeah, it is. So let's tell, talk, yeah, t- tell right. me what you think. So let's talk about the direction yeah. first. Um, this is written, uh, directed, D- written and directed by was it David David Mickey, Mickey Evans, Evans or Mickey yeah. uh, Mickey Evans. Mickey. He never or he did uh, the stuff after this is really rough. Um, um, he he wrote the movie Ed with Med, Matt LeBlanc and a, a monkey play he, baseball. Yep, and he did uh, like first kid or something. It was a movie Sinbad. about Sinbad. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, Brock Pierce, who's now a uh, a cryptocurrency billionaire. I don't know what that means, That's but fine. yes. Um, but yeah, it, it, but it, 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 this was really the only good thing he's ever done. He did a bunch of kids movies and then National Lampoon's Barely Legal. Okay. Yeah. So that's a little sketchy too. Eh, it's not. It, it's yeah. fine. People, I, I don't, yeah, whatever. It's fine. It, 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 he plays him. He plays the older version in the film too, right? Isn't I think he, it's his voice. It's not. A, I thought I he was he's the a narrator. Announcer. I thought he was the announcer. I think the it's a different film. actor. Is he? Is it? I believe so. Okay. I'll um, take a word for it. But. So, but this was a very, this is similar in gross point blank. And this is a, a deeply personal story. Yeah. In fact, the, the name of the character of squints that whatever his name is, <laughs> right. that is like basically the same name as a kid he went to school with. No, and that sued. kid sued. Right. And lost. Right. Um, but it, but you can see that he's pulling, he was pulling people from his real life. This is a very personal story for him. Yeah. And I, I, so let's have a direction. I think it's directed really well. When I say that, what I mean by is his use of things like colors. Um, the use of colors is very vibrant, which is a, a, a really, I think, a much more impressive way to show. Uh, a lot of times when we see things in the in the past, has that sepia tone. Colors yeah. are almost drawn out because right. when we look back at pictures, the colors That's are gone, we're used right? To. Yep. So it's like, oh, you're looking at that perspective, but it's not. They're just trying to show the vibrancy and aliveness of this period, which is 1962, so right before Kennedy died, yep. in LA, which is the point was like a booming place. It was a lot yeah. of excitement. You know, the Dodgers had only been there for what, you know, six, uh, no, for four, five seasons. Mm. So like baseball must've been really exciting. You know, sure. You know, this was just an exciting time to be in LA an exciting time, probably to be an American. I yeah. like, it just seemed like a fun, exciting time. Like yeah. that last gasp before the sixties really took hold. And he does a great, like the characters all wear like really brightly colored. Everything's just really very bright. It is. And it makes it more fun. Um, I think the, the stuff they shoot, it's not shot on location. They shot a lot of this in Ogden, which is, uh, I don't know. Ogden, at least Ogden, Utah. So I, I used to work in minor league baseball. So my job before, uh, before very recently was I sold signage to minor league baseball teams. Yeah. And one of the teams worked with was the Ogden Raptors. And he, the guy I worked with was like, Chris, you got to come out to Ogden sometime. It's beautiful out here. You're surrounded by mountains, and that's exactly yeah, what yeah, this that's what was. It, yeah, it looks like. And a San I was Bernardo like, Valley. "Oh wow!" Because yep. you know, and I'm guessing I never really been to LA, so I'm guessing it has a similar look it to it. Yep. and it's probably a lot cheaper and maybe easier to shoot in Ogden. Oh, I'm um, sure. But it was cool. They picked this place, and the mountains were beautiful. It was a beautiful uh, backdrop for this whole yeah for this whole movie. It was, and uh, I love the stand lot itself. is is shot brilliantly. It's it's not too gritty. But it's also it's not too glorified. They had the mm. treehouse above it. And yeah, whose whose property is this treehouse on? Maybe it's one of the kids. I guess. I mean, I, that, that's more of a narrative issue, I guess, or you know, a, a script issue. Sure. Maybe then they should have explained who the treehouse yeah. better. Um, and I think I I do think one of the issues with this and the script is they they spend too much time trying to get the ball back from the oh, dog. Yes, like that. It was that, like. Uh, probably like, 30 minutes of it, I would guess. About five or six beats when it should have been half that. Right. But I think if you do that, then you worry about the runtime. And the problem the problem that I had is the surrealism. So I, you mentioned the color, which I think is, that's actually a good point. But I also think it makes it a little bit more cartoonish when you do things like that, which makes the surreal stuff stand out more. Like, I hated the fake do- dog paw, uh, oh, the I fake dog face. I And I understand it's like the perspective of right. a kid is to, right, is to embellish this in your own mind. Or like some of the, you know, blowing up the treehouse shit. That I, I just, like. None of it. The I, dog is great. So when I lived in New York, yeah. I lived in Long Island, and it was a very suburban place, and I was, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, and there was a house in the corner, a big white house. Yep. Uh, I lived in like a pretty much suburb. What do you imagine? Like one to years. That's, yeah. That's, you know, that, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. So, uh, and it was an old lady who lived there, and rumor got around that she was a witch, and the rumor yeah. went on for so long that eventually it became like truth. Like, you know, she never came out. Right. You know, she's a witch. She's, you know, if you go too close to her house, she'll grab you and she'll try to like, you know, 
eat you and try to put spells on you and all this shit, you know. And we, the, you know, for three years, you know, we all tell each other this, and you start to really believe of course, it. Course, yeah. Ends up, this woman was going through cancer treatments. That's uh-huh. why she never left the house, and she was just an old lady. It was actually very kind, and was just someone that just didn't go outside much because she was very sickly. Sure, makes total sense. But when you're a kid, you really is a you don't hundred percent, but it's like sixty five percent of you kind of believe she's a witch. Of course. And that's, so when I see the dog, I'm like, no, you really do believe that's a beast in there because it's your, your friends get you, it's like mob thought and you kind of just believe it. And then it's also, you have the imagination of a kid. So I totally bought the dog being a beast. It didn't even look like it. That's the problem. It's they should have. So some of the, the scenes where they looked back at like, and I don't even think it was James Earl Jones when they looked back when the, the dog wasn't. first came in right. and some other folks, like when they filmed it a way different way, like the colors were all yes. gone and memory and all stuff, which yeah. was kind of, that, that I thought was more interesting. If you're going to do the surreal stuff, I think you have to make, I don't know, you got to, you got to do something that it just looked like a fake paw, just looked like a stupid fake paw. I, I liked it. I, 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 re, I imagine that's how the kids were perceiving it. They're not going to perceive a CGI like well, in 1962. Have, yeah. No, but like a, big, um, a bigger dog. I don't know. The dog was just this little guy too at the end. Whole, that's the whole point. I know. It didn't look good. The other thing that helps with the realism for me is that uh, I like how he would stay on faces. So he, a lot of extreme close-ups. Sure. And sometimes he would just stay on a kid for a while. Yes. So even like, you know, five six seven seconds which in a movie is, is an eternity um particularly it, with kids who you don't who knows if they can act yes and these were a lot of unknown kids at the time yeah. uh and and honestly none of them really broke out another kid that played ham you see him every once in a while and some stuff and and tom geary i know has, has done some stuff but, but these kids really didn't but their faces and they they were when i say they're cast brilliant it's not because they got tom hanks and meryl streep in this it's because they got kids that were perfect for that role yeah perfect for that they could make the expressions. They could act the exact honest way. And all the kids were, I believe, were acting very honestly. I believed all of them. It felt very yeah. authentic to me. Yep. And they really sold me. And they never went beyond their character. None of these kids tried to overact, which is a problem with child actors. Sure. No, they all just basically just stayed in their lane. And their lane, I believe, I disagree with you. I think the script is very good. And the lane is so good that they could stay there and still have a really effect. I can't believe you don't like this movie. I, I felt like it was this very is, this, ster- is, this is... I felt like it was pretty stereotypical too. Oh, you've got the geek with the glasses. But he's not oh, a geek. you've got the he's not a geek. Oh, you've got the fat kid. Oh, you got the one black kid. Oh, you got the one Hispanic kid. Oh, you got the kid who can't play baseball. Learns but it's how cool to play baseball. Don't talk about any of that. Like none of that stuff matters. Eh, they are yeah, different they, kids, eh. but they don't like. It doesn't matter. He's black. It doesn't matter. He's Hispanic. Like none of that shit. What about like, the stupid pun to talk about the writing? And that was the day we got into the greatest pickle of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, come on. There. Oh, come on, pickle Rick. Come on. <laughs> that's your critique on this movie is that they're over oh no I think I'm gonna continue to critique it as we talk I, this about is, it this is, I'm gonna say I right fucking now. hate it and you feel free to use this clip in our promotion <laughs> yeah, this right. is the worst movie take oh Matt you say that had. every time no, it's all it's watered not. down now it's I all watered down oh yeah turn it to 11 again Chris there you go buddy <laughs> I don't do that I, this is your worst take you think so yeah it's we've just never, not a good we've never disagreed more in a movie Really? I yeah. mean, Field of Dreams, we kind of disagree, too. I yeah, think that's right. what well, it is. You have a soft spot so that's for the sappy-ass, shitty fucking movie, baseball movies. And was, I understand was, you love YouTube. baseball. That was a, that is a I, that's true. <laughs> I understand you no, love there, baseball. There there's, I wonder if there was connection with, like, maybe your dad at that time, too. Like, no, is there an emotional there, part of it here, A too? huge emotional part. Okay. I don't do my dad, but it has to do with the fact that this was my life. So yeah. Like, oh, I, I know. Yeah, I get it. Me and my, we talked about it in the last yeah. episode or two episodes ago. Like, me and my friends, we would all go play baseball all day. We didn't have adventures with a giant dog. We had other kind of adventures sure. that were, uh, you know, a lot of it was just our, you know, imagination probably looking back on it wasn't as exciting or as crazy as you think, but we all would go to the, they went to the Vincent drugstore. We'd all go to Thorns country market or yeah. the Eisenglass store. We all, and that was our life in this right. little, like, you know, little area. This was our universe. Right. And you did feel like you owned universe. Just like you can see these kids have a, like, every time they're riding around, they feel like they're owning their little town. Yes. They go to the pool. We went to a lake. This is my life. Like, and these friends I had or the friends I still have, like, this is, this is very much like a, a look into my world. Only my world is the early nineties. This is the early sixties. But sure. other than that, this was this. And this is something kids aren't doing anymore. No, you're right. They're not. They're either, they're stuck on their machines, you know, or, or they, they're doing organized sports. Organized but they're sports. not doing right pickup stuff. I did the same thing. I loved pickup sports. I love, we, t- I, yeah, I think we talked about this on one of the other last episode too is, I loved going out and playing after school all the time, playing football, playing. We would play. We had a, a cul-de-sac 
in our neighborhood, we would do roller hockey all the time. I loved it. Loved it. But I think your life experiences were probably a lot better than this movie because they were more real. This, this seemed... It, this thing this was a lot of reality here because this so, guy wrote this from his own, his own life. This guy's a terrible writer. He's, He's not... a fucking uh, bad writer. I think it's a good. I think it's a good script. I think it's with great characters. I think it's a it's a decent script with great characters. I'll say that. Yeah. Um. I think James Earl Jones is good in this. And Carrie Allen. God damn it. Uh, Car- and- oh my god! The first scene with Carrie Allen is horrible. She looks completely unbelievable. But then she gets better as as the movie. I think goes she's on. great. It's I- her in the bedroom. I hate Bill. That's a fucking like you fucking asshole, Bill. You fucking. That's how guys were in that time. Bullshit. Not like that. You marry into a family. He that, was doing the. That's how guy, that yeah, guys okay. were not like soft no. and gentle like they are now. No, but you moved into like that means the wife, the mom. She wants to find a replacement for the dad. Ultimately, I mean, she wants to find someone she loves, but someone who's going to take care of her kid and be good to her kid too. You're telling me that they didn't like bond already before she married the motherfucker? They Probably did. Not. I don't know, man. They I did. I think I think there's a lot. There's a lot of truth of that time in that character. I think Dennis Leary plays it really well. I have issues mm-hmm. with Dennis Leary and Bill mm-hmm. Hicks mm-hmm. that that are different than this. But acting yeah. wise, in this movie, I think Dennis Leary is 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 very good. And I don't like and James Earl Jones in this either. I don't like that character. Oh, I think he's like he's. Oh, what, here, kid, here's a here's a four hundred thousand dollar baseball. If you just come and talk to me every week, go fuck yourself. What's That's he not do happening. With that stuff? Collectibles weren't a huge deal. Back oh, I'm then. blind because I got hit in the in the skull with a fucking pitch. Ah. Uh, no way. Come on. And I'm still like this happy guy. No. Do you know, do you know you who Ray like Chapman robbed. was? Who? Ray Chapman. You know who he was? Ray Chapman. Uh, no, is he the 1920. Char- Did he get hit in the head? And died. So oh, it died. Yeah, but like gone blind. But he's still so jovial. Ah, I got hit in the head well, during the prime of my career. And then I, you know. We know. We know. Me and Babe are Mike, buddies. Blind Mike Geary's pretty jovial. He's blind. He's, he's not, not blind. He can see a lot more than uh, well, James Well, yes, Jones but he's not character. as old as his character. But he's not angry all the time. No, he's not. No, Mike is a lot more angry than fucking James Earl Jones' character who's like a ha-ha-ha type he's of guy. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's a nice shut-in with no friends? No, if he's a nice guy, he says, Come see bullshit. Me oh, if he's a nice guy, he's got friends and family who are coming by awful. and an awesome collection of, of, of memorabilia. And you're telling me you can't get people to come in the house? He's such a shut-in for years How's he that people think the dog is a monster and hate him? Come on. How's he going to advertise that he has all this cool... And what kind of fucking... That, this is bullshit. He would, have, he would have friends and family. Why? He's a really nice guy. He'd We're probably just, molest these children. <laughs> I was concerned about that. Come over every week, really. Right. <laughs> this seems like a weird trade-off. <laughs> Can I tell a disgusting Howard Stern story? Yeah, of course. Okay, so this this is I think this is wait, wait, wait. this is not this is not a PG show. This is a fucking rated R show. So if you can't handle the rated yeah, R stuff, is, turn it the fuck this off. This is a rough one. This All is right. like one of the worst stories I know. Okay. So uh, I think it was in Howard Stern's book Miss America. Uh, but I heard this guy on on Howard's show back in the late nineties. But mm. I guess it's some guy. I think he was in Cleveland, and he was an older man. And kids, he would come and pay kids money to come every Friday night and take poops on his chest. <sighs> and sometimes he paid them in beer, sometimes he paid them in cash. But this guy called, not the old guy himself, but a right. kid who used to do this, called in and be like, yeah, every Friday we'd go and they'd give us, he'd give me like 25 bucks or whatever. And and I all, it, but it, so the guy didn't do anything sexual. He just laid uh, yeah, I get you. shirtless, <sighs> poop on his chest. But the guy wouldn't move or like do anything. He And then the kids, the, kids and the kids leave and who knows what he does at that point. Yeah, of course. But, oh. uh, but, oh. uh, so, <laughs> Why? So the reason I tell that story is so when James Earl Jones says come visit every week, there is there is like because that story is such an imprint of like so <laughs> disturbing. What you picture. I'm like, is that gonna happen? I wonder. Well, I got that type of vibe from this movie anyway. Like just the way that that uh, David Mickey Evans um, kind of wrote it, and just knowing what his history was oh, in terms that's of the terrible. That's I know a bad it is, but you. I can't help but like feel that way a little bit about this this and then I the character and how all. the character I feel was like written. He's talking about his childhood. I don't. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He seems like a messed up guy. I don't think he's. I, this is. I'm. I'm actually. Speaking of mess, messed up. You, uh, you have. You know. You, you mess, have a real fucking problem with sentimental stuff. That's not true at all. It is true. I fucking love Magnolia. It's probably it's my. Not, it's it is not. It's not sentimental. sentimental. Beautifully it's sentimental. It's a bizarre. No, sentimental. I love sentimental. That movie shit. has some real flaws. No. Um. I love sentimental shit, particularly in music. Yeah, I have movies. You know, it's a Wonderful Life. Do you like that? No. No, I think it's pretty good. I watched it. I love it. It's my top I would, five movies. Yeah, I wouldn't call it that, but just because it's, I have a hard time with older movies because of the, just the way they're paced and stuff. But I think he does a great job in that film, and I, the the film is is heartwarming. heartwarming you don't definitely. really like Field of Dreams that much. No, I don't. It doesn't. I don't find we talked about. It. I don't like Costner really in that film. I don't think he does a great job acting. 
and I and you don't like this at all. You hate this. I really. I mean, I don't. Hate, yeah, I probably hate it because I, I was so bored when I was watching it this time. How I'm are like, you this bored? Is bullshit. So you know, I've watched this movie. I would say I've watched this movie twenty times now. Fuck. I mean, this is probably the second time I watched it. I wasn't looking forward to I it, but I always give it a didn't chance. No, this was like a. This was like a cult. Like not even a cult movie. This is like a no, big movie I, I for think a I, certain generation. I actually thought that it uh, did a lot better in the movie theater than mm-hmm. it did. Like I was surprised that it only made thirty million. I did think it was a lot more popular than that, but no, it was a cult. Movie. Actually, I mean, I know that thirty million doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually is not that bad. And it's it uh, created three movies, kind of get made. Uh, you know, Little Big League. There Rookie was also. The well, don't even forget I, the I'm Sandlot gonna, part. Not, wait, wait, and what about the Sandlot heading home where Luke Perry goes back in time? It created that piece of art. That was like twelve years later. But, um, but to speak to the point I was making, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which actually makes sense, and valuable. <laughs> so uh, the Sandlot comes out, makes thirty million. Then yeah. A couple years later, you have Rookie of the Year, a, yeah. a little big league, and these movies were made in very tight budgets. Um, they had, I guess, bigger casts. Um, but oh, yeah, and then eventually, they, those movies did okay enough, and they made uh, Angels in the Outfield, which actually. Yeah cost a little bit to make because there's some uh, CGI stuff and there's yeah. some effects there and it had a bigger cast uh, which I think I am you are correct in one criticism in many of, ways of, <laughs> no not especially not today uh, you are correct in one criticism of me here or maybe I'm, I have a blind spot is that I do have uh, a bit of a, a blind spot uh, for these uh, baseball movies yeah, sure. Um, and I get it. I mean, I have and I nostalgia love, for baseball. I love baseball, and I, I just, maybe I am a sucker. I mean, I also, there are some baseball movies I don't like. I, don't, I think Trouble with the Curve is terrible, I think. Uh, but I also do like, um, uh, uh, what's the, the Costner movie, Pitches for the Tigers, and throws yeah, the perfect game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he, uh, yeah, shit. I can't remember. Oh, that's a good one, too, where he's looking back at his career yeah, while he's pitching I, that game. It's really that's a good, good movie. Yeah, I like that. And, uh, you know. The ge- Ah, oh, it's called the some. I can't something of the game. Yeah, uh, for the for love, love of the game. game. Yeah, that's a good one. John C. Riley is in that too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I really like that movie. I, I guess I do. I have kind of a soft. Sp- I, oh, I love the natural. I have a soft spot for baseball movies. It's like you can't be objective about baseball films, and you can't be objective about cartoon cartoons, films, or 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 otherwise, or anime. I think I'm very objective about cartoons. No, you are, think- you have a very like it's a very weird. You're you are super critical and objective about a lot of things, but not not this. We've covered way too many sports movies in this show. Yeah, too. We I don't know have. why. I, yeah. we, the, we, and there are sports films that I'm sh- I love, like you know, I whatever. I'm. Sh- I just feel like we've run into an odd amount for as few as shows we've done. We've hit so many sports movies. We have. This is the forty second uh, episode, and we've probably done four or five, I guess, at this point. And we've done zero Tarantino, one Scorsese. Yeah, that's we've, weird. We've done one Jack Nicholson movie. Like we've done so many sports movies. It's well, why do you keep strange. putting us in the early nineties? I don't. No, it's random. <laughs> that's the thing too. It's, everyone says Chris. Or, I know. No, I know. Do this week. Do this week. Do this week. It's completely random. Do these movies. Laurie yeah. does the random date generator and tells us the week, and that's the week we do. I know. It's literally that. It's that's all. We're we're gonna constantly get that uh, conversation forever. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, what are the criticisms? you have this movie anymore um, is that it? i think that's it ebert sort of agreed with you he thought it was charming gave it three stars he had a great point of view on this and it might have been in the tv show not his review because i this is when i this is about the time i was really starting to get a movie so i'd yeah. watch this going every every sunday night right um and he his crit his uh not criticism but his like um attaboy for this movie positive note for this movie is that there's no like susp- like no game at the end that like, decides true. it all right there's only one game that matters it's a ball you don't even know the score it doesn't yeah. matter it's because it doesn't matter it's not what it's about it's about it's not this movie's not even really about baseball no it's not it's about like friendship. friendship yep uh and i think it's really effective and i think that's a great note by uh by ebert uh that that, that there is no dramatic game because we just saw a league of their own which i think is quite a bit worse than this actually i don't i enjoyed that film better more than this definitely yeah, I think because Tom Hanks is, is Tom Hanks and Gina Davis are, are so fun to watch that it makes it a lot more enjoyable. I think these kids are, I think everyone's being authentic here. I even hate at the end of the film where they're going through their future, like later yeah, on. And then blah, 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 is doing blah, blah. And then this guy yeah. lost himself in the 60s and I we never know, saw him again. He probably got shot in the face and like all that stuff. Or or what's his face? Married the fucking I know, I know. Uh, Wendy lifeguard. Yeah. Randy Peppercorn, who's, you know, 15 years older than him yeah. and all that. I mean, no, she's not, but she's like six or seven years. Well, I guess that were. And they had nine kids. Bullshit. I know, I know. I know. It's fucking a, serial that, rapist is what he turned into. I, it's, that's probably more apt. <laughs> I uh, I agree that that's really a lame tack on yeah, it. Obviously, that. it's that Animal House. Stand, and by, stand by me. Totally. You know. Yeah. And, and the end too, where like. 
They give each other the thumbs up. Fucking Benny the Jet steals home. Why is that bad? Big thumbs up in the air. I mean, just wave and like, you know, wave or like give a little chest thump or give like a little nod or like a little wink, but the stupid thumbs up. Let's say, let's say that I was was the idiot announcer with the ball cap and you stole home. You'd give me a thumbs up? No, No, you'd wait. You'd I'd, I'd you'd give me, yeah, yeah. You'd be excited. Actually, you know what I'd do? Both like, I would flip you off. I'd be like, Fuck. you would not. I would. No, I but they're middle finger. They're like skinny middle finger pointing right back at you. Sort of expressionless. They're just kind of like it was not expressionless. It, yeah, be smart. I would have been like, you're my fucking boy. That's what I would have been. That's what how it would have been. Yeah, on live air. Yeah, they would have to drop that shit. Speaking of Benny, uh, Benny the Jet. Uh, years later, he became a firefighter. Yeah, it's just, it's just and you know, uh, him and his buds assaulted and permanently injured a college student named Samuel Chang for handing out candy in uh, Mike Veter's his name bit more to that story uh, assaulted him because they thought that he was giving kids candy with uh, that was tainted turns out he wasn't turns out he wasn't on PCP like they fucking tried to There's frame another him on way to that story too though and uh, like he has brain injury like he's yeah. this guy's fucked the, this guy also is walking around with his pants around his ankles uh, that's not what kids. TMZ said. That's well, consider the source. I, I looked into this as well. So I read the TMZ article. I remembered it's TMZ and I read LA Times article, a couple other things. I couldn't get into LA Times because it was a paywall. How'd LA you get Times, into that? Was, shit? Maybe Wikipedia. Wikipedia had two links to it. I saw Wikipedia. And then I went down a paper trail. So the first thing was the TMZ one, I think was the third uh, citation in that article. But this, the okay. fourth citation is leads you down a rabbit hole that's non TMZ. So. Uh, this kid, I also did a Google search. This kid based, this this guy. College student. College student was, a number of kids supported this claim. Uh, it sounds like he'd been kind of around this neighborhood for a while. Pants around his ankles, you know, yell. It, this, was, this wasn't a thing where they just, these five Randomly guys. like jump this guy. No, I bet. I bet not. He probably was looking a little sketchy. Maybe he had his pants down, but the but thing he is been doing it for a while. The thing is he was never charged with anything. This guy was never charged. I thought he was charged. He, he was, was found, not. He was found guilty. Of, no, they uh, oh, may, were they charged. He was and they charged. dropped it. They did. They never they came to please because there was a certain plea. He, they think they were charged. There were certain pleas they could take where they wouldn't lose their firefighting. No, job. I mean the actual Samuel, uh, the the guy who uh, was injured, Samuel Chang. He was never charged with that. No, he was not. No, that's so. Correct. I mean, come on, that's correct. It was this is vigilante, right? I say justice, but this is a vigilante act. Yeah, for sure. But I think there was a lot of stuff going on that maybe we don't know. Uh, I've hmm. uh, I glad just, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I do. Yeah. I, I and I'm not. I'm not saying we should go beat up people who are no, handing out not. candy. No, but if you read just the Wikipedia and then read just the TMZ, that's why I just smell fishy to me. I'm like, this doesn't seem right. It's, yeah. It, it, why would five guys, one guy jump somebody? Yeah, one guy's good. Five firefighters who don't have prior records all of a sudden jump this one guy. This doesn't add up. So I read a few articles about it. Yeah. If it wasn't LA Times, I apologize. It was definitely, it was definitely an LA paper because they weren't obsessed with this guy being in the sandlot. Right, and I, I'm like, oh, I want to read this one because this, I want to read like what what really happened here. It's not sensationalized, and it seemed like that this guy Chang, this was a very negative, more negative article on Chang, which yep. is that he's been acting very oddly toward children for a long time. Kids in the neighborhood were terrorized by him, or at least found him very scary and threatening. Right, I'm not saying that's a reason to no, of course not. Beat someone no. to the inch of his life. No. They, had, they had a reset. He died. They had to resuscitate him. Yeah, I know. I know. It's fucked up. Yeah, so, it's fucked up. Um, but same token, like, uh, if so, look. I had a kid. Some, no, I, I understand that. Some guys, I, no, I understand you know, it. Pulling, I, pulling his dick out and yeah, waving around of the kid. I understand that um, My, that feeling, but we're adult human people and we get to control our urges. And yeah, so if you think something like that's going on, well, call the police. Yeah, or yep. I mean, you know, you can detain them, citizen arrest them, whatever you yep. want. You don't have to fucking, you know, kill them. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, we'll see. It sounds I mean, like, it sounds like the story is more nuanced than maybe I thought. I knew that it wasn't just like, oh, doop to do. Wikipedia literally says they beat him up for, for giving out candy. Yeah, no, and I looked and into I'm it like, more I'm than like, that. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Why yeah, because that's, that's right. crazy. That did not make sense. But <laughs> I, it, they really hate Halloween. But the way the TMZ presented it was like he seemed kind of sketchy and why is he handing out you know, you can make inferences, but there wasn't anything solid. That's the way right. that they TMZ sort of Right, TMZ mentioned the tainted, can- tainted candy, but nothing right. else. But then yeah. the other articles mentioned yeah, some so of the sexual like, predilection yeah, which make a lot that. more mm. sense of why you'd beat the shit or out of he's just, Or they were just trying to cover... Uh, uh, it's hard for me to trust any of this shit, it's but tough. okay. It was, it was, it's tough, right. And yeah. there's, there's a lot there. But to your point, though, if you want to look at black and white thing, this Chang guy was never uh, brought charges on. No. So 
you know, and and the firefighters were. So yeah. they're in the wrong. I mean, if you're black and white, yeah, I, I yeah. can't I can't argue that logic. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else on this uh, movie? Uh, your favorite film? This will be in your top five now. No. Are you sure? Not my top five. Uh, but this is it's not my favorite film. <laughs> <laughs> you just been defending it so it's, hard. You well, must love it. You want to marry this film? Uh, <laughs> punch you in the face. Uh, no, I, 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 do, I do like this movie a lot. Yeah, uh, I give it a really solid B plus. There's oh, going to be people Christ. who this a B plus. What the fuck, I'm, dude? I'm, I'm telling you right now. It's you wanted to give No Country for Old Men a B plus. I had to like up you up to an A minus. There's going to be people who listen to this podcast. There can't believe I'm giving it a B plus. No, I like, can't believe it. No. I'm sitting in the room with They're you. They're going to be like, it's not an A. People love this. Is Goonies to some people? Yeah, but that's not even a boop. Uh, that's not a B plus. I would call that a B. You can't give that a B plus. Oh, I give that a B. I give that a B plus. Yeah. Ugh. This that's is a, a D for me. <sighs> yeah. You're going to get You're shit. lucky I didn't get a D minus. You're going to get You're sh- fucking lucky. I'm not. You're lucky. You're going to get a <laughs> shit from the internet on this. Bring it on because objectively, this is not. This is a guy. I just mentioned a number of reasons why this is a really good movie. And I mentioned why it's not. And now I guess we're at an impasse. We'll let the we'll let the viewers decide. Oh, you're fucked. <laughs> I don't think so. I think people are going to be well, on my side. I'm going to put out. Okay, I'm going to do a poll question. You should put a poll. Yeah, because I want to know. I'm gonna, simply ask this: Is Sandlot a good movie? Yes or no? That's it. That's all you need. That's to what do. I'm going to do. And maybe I'm going to do it before this episode comes out. Yeah, that's good. So this won't be out till Wednesday. So you have plenty of time. Um, maybe yeah. do it on drop it on like Tuesday right. or something. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, let's find that's out. It. I'm not going to say who fucking I find out. Because everyone's going to say that everyone's going to think that I hate it. Yes, they Everyone's are. Like, oh, yeah, you have to keep quiet. I'm gonna ask you have anything. to totally keep quiet because I want to be the good guy until this drops and then I'm right. going to be the fucking heel. Good. Uh, but I am going to use all of my burner accounts to fucking vote no on this motherfucker. I just want you to know. So you better you better uh, increase your avatar army. I also burners. <laughs> Neither, here's the rule. Neither me or you can vote. That's fair. What about the show account? No, no, no one can vote. That's fair. That's fair. I won't vote. Okay. No, we can. We at least have one vote for ourselves. Yeah, you vote as you. I vote as me. I promise. That's all I'll do. That that seems like the clean. That's clean. All right. It's fine. Yeah. All right. We'll do that. (sighs) Okay. Good. Uh oh. All right. So for now, before we go into Informer. Oh yes. Let's talk about the pop culture show. Uh. The pop culture, it's a great show for you guys to check out. You guys love pop culture like we do. That's why you listen to Quantum Week. Well, the pop culture show with hosts Barnes, Leslie, and Cubby are, they're a great show, and they fly through all the latest pop culture news like TV, like movies and gadgets and celebrity news, all that stuff. And it's really, the if you like pop culture, it's the best place to get it. So let's talk about the hosts a little bit. Barnes, he is a pop culture junkie, a musician, a TV-aholic. He's like combined you and me, you realize. A musician and he a TV. Could do hallway. the show by himself. He could he probably could do Quantum do Week by himself. He could do Quantum Week by. We should probably have him on. Half so the salary, do that. right? Half the salary. Right. Uh, but he's also an actor. He's in that new Steve Carell movie that just came out called Irresistible, and he was a reoccurring character in Prison Break on Fox. And then there's Leslie, who very interesting background. She is a powerful executive at a cable TV network and is mixing it up every day with musicians, actors, personalities. She just got her hand on the pulse of Hollywood gossip. And Cubby is the morning show personality on one of New York City's top radio stations. This guy knows everyone, pulls in some really cool guests. And the cool thing about it is these three hosts have known each other for two decades, and it really shows. They've got a super tight show. You can tell their friends, and I know it makes a huge difference for me. It makes a huge difference for Chris when we're listening to podcasts that the hosts like each other and like the material. It just It really comes out. It makes the, the podcast pop. Uh, and it's also obvious from their collection of guests that they're very well-connected. Um, they get many celebrity guests that are really tough to get for podcasts. We run into that trouble too sometimes. So we know how hard it is. Uh, and the show is just a, it's a really solid collection of pop culture talk from all over the map. Huge variety of topics, which makes each show unique. So do what Chris and I do. Listen and subscribe to the pop culture show wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, they have a, they have a show coming out Monday. So we're taping this on a Saturday. So we haven't heard it yet. But right. I think they have a new. So by the time you hear this, they, the new episode will come up. So check that out. Check it out. And the last episode before that, we talked about it in the last show is the air supply one. Yeah. So, uh, so check out the pop culture show. You can get it, uh, you know, like, like Matt said, anywhere, uh, anywhere you get us, you can get them. That's right. So let's talk about. Oh, <sighs> Sounds about right. Let's talk about Informer. Informer. Nope. <laughs> oh, get there. 
Why are you doing this to your audience? Because they need to know. <sighs> All right. Informer. Does that guy um, sound like... You know, from all of that, this guy, the, you know, back in the day, and it's not this guy yet. Um, music was not your choice, but it was a savior for you. It was my choice, but not my choice of careers. Right. It was like this guy I wanted to be kissed for a minute and then uh, the hair got chopped off and then that spoiled that. And- Does that guy who's rapping in that reggae flow sound mm. like the guy that just did that interview? I'm wondering, and so that was actually, so that's snow um, on a more recent okay. interview so that, you know, in the last couple of years or so, maybe like, you know, he moved and he's been living in, you know, a place for a while, some city, maybe New York for a while and, and his accent sort of changed a little bit. I, I don't know, uh, but maybe there was, you know, some stuff closer to what five years ago from DJ Prince. He gave me the name snow. I met him during, you know, when we were outside of party. This is from 93 snow. snow can go two ways. So he doesn't sound like the same guy in 1993 either. So he hasn't like changed his voice at all. They don't sound alike. Do they? So, no, they don't. No, the guy, the man Snow does not sound like someone who would sing that. The, song. Name, uh, na- the guy uh, named Snow was born Darren O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Caucasian, a white guy, classic rock musician from Toronto who adopted reggae style when Jamaicans moved into his neighborhood. <laughs> He was named uh, by one of his partners. Actually, he was named by um, some families. I don't, he he like got close to a uh, Jamaican family in his in his neighborhood, and they started calling him Snow. As I, I think it was kind of a it's sort of a derogatory because he's a white guy right. in sort of a black neighborhood. But I think it was also it you know it was a it was it was a nickname in kind of an affectionate sure. way. But then um, then later on, Marvin Prince, his partner, uh, he decided to say that snow actually meant superb, outrageous, notorious white boy. So it's like mm-hmm. a deacronym or like a pre-accurate acronym or something is how he did it, said it. But I wonder how that is um, any different than this. Mammy. Yeah. Uh, you know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. So uh, Mammy, that's, uh, that's Al Jolson yeah. um, from the jazz the jazz singer, yeah. right? Which so is the first movie widely considered, sounds. yeah, widely considered that it's the first movie with with sound, the first talkie. Um, well, in fairness to Snow, Al Jolson, if you watch the clip of that, he actually is in blackface. Al so Jolson's in blackface. Snow never went in blackface, so right there there is a major difference there, but. Um, yeah, I, I guess maybe, I, and I think so I have some complicated thoughts about this. Too. Yeah, and, me too. But can I, let me let me go through this a little bit first before you get to. Is that okay? Okay, okay. I guess I think we're all gonna kind of shirk around this topic. Though. I think we're like go ahead, go for it. Yeah. So um, probably I, I'm not gonna shirk around it at all. No, no, that's shirk. I said circle around. I feel oh, like we're around. like dancing around. Yeah, this, like major topic. Okay. Um, so Al jo- Al Jolson was probably he was maybe the most famous interfa- uh, entertainer at the time. Like yes. for the first half of the 1900s, extremely famous. Well, with Charlie Chaplin, but Al oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was a big deal. Yeah, Buster huge Keaton, deal. Right. Too, um, he performed in blackface. Not always, but fair or not, that's kind of how he's remembered. You oh, know, when I was certainly. taught of uh, taught about Al Jol- Jolson, probably, in U- you know, U.S. music history classes, that's, I don't know. I have a, I have a negative feeling about him because of how I was taught. I was that's how I was taught. No, but, I mean, it's what I mean, it's I mean, and it, it makes sense. If you see it, it's this, fucking this jarring. Sound po- a positive. I mean, it's positive. It is one of the most iconic yeah. film images of the 20s. Yes. Like, like that is like 30s. But yes, yes. Was it thirty? No. Yeah, yeah, it was, was 1930s. It 30s? Yep. Uh, 30s. Yeah, 31, I 32, I think. 20s. You might be right. We'll look into it. By 30s, you had color. 39, you had color. So I think 39, you had color. I think 20s is, was Al Jolson. It could so, have been. Uh, it was, it is, you know, uh, you have Charlie Chaplin with the little tramp and yep. you have, you know, Buster Keaton yeah. hanging from the cock. And then you have Al Jolson. I right. Mean, these are like the iconic. first 25 years of cinema, first like 30 years of cinema. Those are the most iconic shots. Yep. This Agreed. is not only what he's known for. This is like what film. Yes. I mean, the biggest shots and it's a pretty negative one. <laughs> yeah. And also it didn't help. Like from what I can tell, he also wasn't a really nice dude. So, you know, um, so I think like that combined with this imagery does not leave a very good taste in our, our mouth like now. Oh. Um, however, uh, his performances 
Yeah, and the, oh, that's the other thing. His performances, although they were extreme, they were critically acclaimed at the time, very popular at the time. They don't really hold up. Like his style doesn't hold up either. So there's not a lot going for him. He, the way that he sings is very choppy and weird, and it's, and it's not a style that we're used to and we don't like. Um, the way he dances is very hokey. His performance is very hokey. So like none of it really helps his image now. Do you know what I mean? That sort of makes sense. I do. So that's how I was taught to view him was like with kind of scorn. And and it makes sense. If you see these images are fucking jarring. You see them now and they're fucking jarring. However, people are often way more complicated than just, you know, strictly what an image would show you. It's also pretty widely accepted that Jolson was an advocate uh, for black American inclusion in show business. He promoted, um, there was a, a, a writer named Garland Anderson, a playwright. And because of Jolson's promotion resulted in the first Broadway production of an all black cast. Um, Jenny Lagon uh, is a black dancer who performed with Al Jolson said, quote, it was a black and white world. You didn't associate too much socially with any of the stars. You saw them at the studio, you know, nice, but they didn't invite. The only ones that ever invited us home for a visit was Al Jolson and Ruby Keeler. When Al Jolson found out, these are just some anecdotes, but when Al Jolson found out that two black songwriters uh, that he dug were thrown out of a restaurant, he took them back to it and said he would punch anyone, I quote, punch anyone in the nose who tried to kick them out. I, I will say that. Wait, I'm not, I, I, wanna, know, I know. No, I need well, to well, I want to continue. Oh, all right. It's important to me. Okay. Okay. Right. He advocated for hiring and uh, the hiring and uh, fair treatment of black performance at a time when most people wouldn't. And he talked about why he performed in blackface. To him, it was to introduce white audiences to black culture in a format that they would find acceptable at the time. And he also said that he was making fun of this idea of white supremacy because, and even black publications at the time thought the jazz singer was one of the greatest pictures ever produced. Black audience audiences went to see it. It was not boycotted at all. He was widely accepted Very in the black community. Film. Yeah. And so I think intent is really key to deciphering these actions. Is he a villain because of his costume or... Or like, can we, do we have any nuance anymore where we can look past that first jarring image? You got to dig in. Go ahead. Yeah. So a few things here. So, you know, Al Jolson's the actor. Al, Alan Crossland directed it. So we have to like, you know, if we're going to. Yeah. But he was the star. Like he had the pull. It was him. He has the pull. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that they had him make the first sound in a major film. Yeah. You know, and so that, you know, it's no accident. Al Jolson was a big star at the time for sure. Um. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't. I, 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 my issue with snow isn't, you know, the Al Jolson thing is like so, some, basically the question of this is like, is cultural appropriation okay? Right. That to me is the real question here. Yep. More than is, should we judge someone by their actions or should we judge someone by how they perform? Yep. I think the cultural appropriation thing is a different question on some level and it's a bit more layered. I, I think Al Jolson is a complicated character for sure. Absolutely. Um, and he has now been completely villainized for he for, has for, for that. You I know. mean, to me too. I didn't go in here look at like yeah. I. In fact, um, do you know that uh, you probably remember this? Actually, hold on, let me find this for you. You probably remember this happening. Pretending I was a racist since I was in jammies. I should pay my base and stop betting out Mary. That's in love and color. That's Jim Carrey making fun of him, and he makes oh, the connection wow. too between wow, Snow yeah. and Al Jolson. That's interesting. He does the same thing. That's really interesting. In 1993, right? I think, yeah, 93. About that time, yeah, that makes sense. That That's really interesting. It's yeah. interesting because, you know, you figure Jim Carrey probably didn't write that, right? You figured the Ian Coe, which is mostly a black writing staff, wrote right. that. So they were probably pissed at Snow. Right. So, you know, there was, you know, I, I'm, to me, this song in former is a goofy, stupid, shitty song. Absolutely. But I can understand how, once again, it goes back to cultural appropriation, how this might infuriate some people. Um, and, it, you know, I think we're both kind of asking the same question, like, is this right? Yeah. And so with the Jolson situation, it's pretty clear to me that, so I don't think Snow is his big fucking hero, but it's clear to me that his obvious intent was to celebrate a culture that he was, he really dug. I don't think he was, and even like I've seen him in interviews now, I've seen like, uh, he does nonprofit stuff. I've seen, I've just kind of, I watched some footage and, and, and from what I can tell, He's, he's like a nice guy. I, he, so at that time he went to jail for eight months. He's, he's had his dark past, right. but he doesn't see like, he seems like he's like a genuine dude. Like, like he gives a shit. Like he's not trying, no one's a And I didn't see anybody really accusing him of stealing to like make fun of or whatever. It looked like he was honoring 
that Let's say style. this song came out today and was a hit today. Couldn't anyway. happen. I agree. Could not happen. And that's the problem I'm having. It's like this. Like we have no more nuance. You can't just go. You got all these all these actors um, apologizing for being in a costume to show satire. It's fucked up. Yeah. So uh, I'm a bit conflicted on this a little bit. I I. I so Snow, this song, A, is, is terrible. It's bad. Mo- yeah, yeah. So, it's a tough one to like. I'm not really defending the right, song. You know, the song's you're, a piece you're, you're of not. shit. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of defending whether Snow should, in theory, be able to make the song. And I, I don't think... And it's his entire career. Like, this album is all in that style. All of his songs moving forward are in this style. He's worked with other musicians, like famous musicians, done productions with them in this style. So let's take a look at the other side of the coin here. Yeah. So you have, you know, these like guys like Pat Boone and stuff who stole these songs from black artists in the fifties. Right. And they basically whitewashed these songs and by more, you know, they took like a little Richard, they took, and even people who aren't as famous, a little Richard, people you never heard of. Yeah. Uh, and they took these, these people and they, and they basically did white versions of them and the white versions sold way more because they were promoted and they were, yeah, got more airplay and all that shit. Right. So they, they, they basically stole this kind of, culture from the people that created it and snow is kind of doing that here but then again should we let race define what art we should be allowed to make no i mean not to me of course not i love all styles of music pretty much i love rap music i was in a rap band i'm not gonna i actually every music that i love now comes from black tradition it was blues jazz rock and roll that's that is that's black culture right there and i love it like i i I, I would be miserable if I couldn't perform, you know, black culture inspired music. I'd be miserable. Right. Yeah. So I guess, that, yeah. So I guess it's hard to define. Once again, this kind of goes back to that social justice thing. We're all, you know, we're all kind of struggling with in 2020 is where is the line then? And the line keeps moving, but where yeah. is the line when it's cause we, I'm sure both agree. Like what the Pat Boone stuff in the late fifties is really shitty. I think it's shitty. Now he was stealing whole songs from right. people, which you is different than what Snow. Snow created the song in the same yeah, style, style, but didn't steal the whole song. No, Papoon should have credited everybody and given you know royalties to everybody that. And it that, wasn't just Papoon. No, it, it wasn't. was a bunch of these guys. Of course, these like white guys that were handsome. It's probably why Motown was created to stop that stupid shit from happening. I think a lot of it was. Yeah, and it, they they could get their art back and keep it. Yeah, um, which is they, they you know, should. They yeah. created. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it was really shitty. Uh, so. You know, so we, I think everyone could probably agree that was wrong, but then is what Snow is doing, like, but then that's, right? But that's, that's theft, but not based on cult. I mean, they did it because they could get away with it, but right. that's just, uh, that's just about property right at that point. At that, that yes. point. So we, we need to have better defined property rights so no one gets fucked over. Yeah. So that's less of an art issue. Maybe, yeah. maybe you're right. Then yeah. Maybe, then it's a I think so. I, I, yeah. I agree with you. Um, so, okay. I don't necessarily agree at this point, but let's talk yeah, about sure, it. So sure. let's say you are a young reggae artist you're trying to make your way. You're a better reggae artist than snow snows. We both agree. It's pretty terrible. So he's bad. He now this young reggae artist who's black is going to have a harder time potentially getting a contract because maybe or whoever their studio is Aristo, whatever gave the money to snow and not him. You know, is that, yeah, is that a likely argument or on the other side is snow going to make reggae more popular and allow this guy now to have a career because snow is helping the reggae. Well, number one, out. that, but number two, you can't, um, you can't hurt snow because he's made money. Like he got a contract. It's not his fault that people wanted to listen to his music, even though it's watered down reggae. It's not even that bad. It's just, it's, it's not like, uh, I'm not even going to defend that song. It's fine. But like, I don't, you can't, you, you can't punish him. You can't punish him for it. So, and, and no, I don't, I don't think that that's the case. I think if you're exposing more people to a style of music, they're more likely, if they like it, are more likely going to seek out other artists who do it. So I guess the one thing that goes, where is the line? So what if Snow did yeah. this song in braids and like all... Exactly. Dark? I mean, I, is that okay? That, that to me seems like, ugh, that's a little... I personally have no problem with that whatsoever. However you want to dress... What if he did it however, in blackface? I would never do it. I, I'm it's, that's a t- it's yeah, it's very tough because See? we have been brought up so sensitized, so sensitized to that. And so the question is, so can we take people, can we stop judging people based on, or like, can we stop deciding that people's content um, is at its worst intent? I guess. Can we start thinking that people, what people say and people's art are with the best intentions in, in mind as opposed to the worst. If we can do that, 
then I think the blackface thing goes away because, well, it's gone away anyway. Like people aren't going to do it. If I saw it now, I'd be shocked. I'd be like, you're doing that simply. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't like it, but, uh, but I'm wondering why that is. I think it's just, I've been conditioned, you know? I think the other thing too is I know I'm struggling like more, getting to the point here. So it's, 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 no, it's a tough it's, thing it's to talk about. It's I know it is. Yeah. So like let's. So I think the other thing too is like you know social contract stuff. Like let's all kind of be good to each other. So like if you're doing something in blackface, maybe you might really love black people and you want this is how you want to honor them. But you got to understand that I'm not saying snow in blackface, but we <laughs> no. know what I mean. Yeah. Like or, you know if you're gonna do something, you got to understand that maybe that's considered to be very insulting to somebody else, very yeah. ver- very hurtful to somebody else. And, you know, is Snow doing reggae hurtful to anyone? Well, it's hurtful to anyone who listens to this song because it's a terrible fucking song. But is it hurtful to someone's, like, culture? Ah, sorry, I, I figured it out. Okay. If you do yeah, it as... Is- I No, I understand now. If, if I see someone do it as activism for a free speech issue, I, they know it's going to be shocking, but they're doing it to say, listen... Like my intent is to not hurt anybody, but it's stupid that just because I put some paint on my face that you're going to be so appalled. Like for an activism take, I can understand it. They know they're they're. It's not it's not to uh, honor performance art kind of thing. It's not even perform. I don't even think of it in terms of art, just in terms of protest. Okay. I can understand that point. Yeah. And uh, but if you're doing it as art, it doesn't. It does, it's not going to come across as like supporting. Um, black culture if you do it these days so i, I would not be a fan but of it you so you wouldn't be a fan, and neither would i no so we no, both agree no, right no. we both don't want to have it would make me feel sink. sick right yeah but then somebody else might say well i feel the same way when someone dresses in braids and jamaican garb yep and sing a, wh- a white person does that sure so while that might not be as offensive or offensive to us at all it might be you can see how someone can have the Absolutely. same conclusion we do about blackface then and then you can keep doing that down the line yep. and maybe someone's like this kind of sucks. Like reggae is our thing. You know, I'm from Jamaica. This is kind of the, you know, we don't have, you know, we're a small country. We don't have a, t- we, yeah. we, you know, we don't have, we're not America. We have this wide birth of stuff. Right. You know, America has cinema. America is this, is that rock and roll, you know, baseball. Thing. You know, we have reggae is what we're known for. And now these like white Canadians are going to steal reggae from us too. It kind of sucks. But then you can say the same thing about blues. This white Eric Clapton and then, and is playing do. guitar like a, you know, a, a, a black blues player. Like that's cultural, but you can say that about everything. That's the thing I have the problem with is there is no objective criteria for this. So you can always be right or wrong. Always. That's why I'm way more in favor of just, of just saying like, fuck fuck it. Do whatever the fuck you want. Fuck it. I'll judge your intent. And maybe you're in blackface. I probably won't fucking interact with you asshole, but that does, but fuck it. Like do whatever you want. That's why. Cause there's no, ob- there's no way to be objective about it. My whole thing is I have my whole, my, my biggest stance in the world is don't censor art. So I agree. What I mean by that is like, you know how like all these shows are being, you know, pulled off of like, you know, streaming services. They pulled oh, gone with the one off. Now we have like a disclosure. I hate disclosures before. Let yeah. people judge art on a, yeah. on the surface. I don't like any of that stuff. You go to a museum, you shouldn't have warning labels. You shouldn't have paintings taken off the walls. We should treat film and music and television the same way. Don't tell me how to think. We'll figure out how to think. Exactly. Having said that, you know, there are elements that maybe aren't ideal or appropriate or hurtful that are hurtful to people Yep. that, you know, is this what we really need to be like glorifying or watching or right. dealing with? And you know, and you're right. A lot of his intent. I don't think snow has intent to hurt people. I don't think so. I mean, just based on his career, right. Based on what I read about him. I don't, I, but I can also, I, I don't want to play both sides here. No, but you I, understand I, the argument. I can understand being this like Jamaican guy who's maybe work, working his ass off trying to become a reggae star. Snow, white guy, Pat Boone style gets jumped right in. Cause yep. it's pro- easier to market. Cause it's interesting. It's different. It's also white more is white people than black people. So it's going to be easier to sell a white record to 53% of the country. Yep than it is to sell a black record at 13%. And it's like, all right, well, that sucks. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, but you can't, you also can't, you can't control where you were born and what your experiences were. You can't control that. Like all you can do is make the best of the situation that you're in. But on the flip side, you can't control it. So then why does he need to steal the stuff from people who, you know, who, who were born? Because he's not stealing it. He's making it his own. He loves it. He loves it. That's why. I mean, I, I like. I think that's you're right. Defense. I mean, I, I, I think you're right. I'm good or bad. I mean, I want to be a good neighbor. That's that's the thing. Like, I'm a polite person. I want to be a good neighbor. So that's why you're not going to see me do this type of thing. Like, I'm not going to adopt a fucking reggae accent and go to because uh, I just I don't find that appealing. I don't want to do it that way. And I could see how it might have hurt someone's feelings. So that's one that I can. You know, I'm I'm going to be a good neighbor. But 
but it's you know I can't fault him for I can't fault him for doing something that he loves to do. So when I when I started doing improv, it was around 2010. Yeah, and you, basically there were a lot of voices and accents you could do that were still in play. Yeah. Um, and right. I can do some of them, you know, enough to be Are kind you, of funny on improv. Could stage. you show? Could you show us? One? <laughs> I might I'm pass now. <laughs> that's my point. I'll do whatever you know. The chef boy did. Oh, know? that's okay. So, so that was okay. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a white guy, so I can get away with the Italian one. Right. Uh, you know, some people could do Irish, and that one still works. But you know, if you try to do uh, a Hispanic. That was actually one of the last ones to go. Was I was Hispanic. even in New York and people were still doing Hispanic ones on yeah. stage. Uh, but you know that's fallen by the wayside. You know the black. What version. about like gay affect, affectation? Yep. Gay can and black were the first ones. Yeah, I, I can do no, it. No, I'm not saying can you. I'm saying is one able to. No, you're saying, that no. was one of the first ones to go around. Yeah, black was one of the first ones to go around 2011. Yeah, 12. I'd say the gay was around 12, 13, and Hispanic was around 14, 15, and now. You know, you you know, which when you're doing improv, you're supposed to basically try to emulate a character, but you know, you're not using stereo. Ideally, you're not using stereotypes. You're right. trying to be a real human being, yeah. on stage and, and doing this. But you, but you still want to uh, take on some of those characteristics so people, audience is aware of kind of who you are. But that's that's gone now. And I will admit, I censored myself because I didn't want to make people feel uncomfortable. I don't want to be in a scene or have someone in my group that maybe is black or Hispanic, and I'm doing a voice and it's insulting to them. Or yep. I, it, at some point it becomes, all right, what's more valuable? Like to me, like not censoring myself and holding that value stand or not hurting totally somebody else. And I, you know, it's, I don't think snow is trying. I think snow isn't trying to hurt people, but snow must be aware that he is pissing some people off. He must be aware. Yeah. But I think he's gotten so much more positive support than negative support. I think people know really? his intent. Yeah. His song is terrible. It's not a good song, but I don't think it has anything to do with that. I mean, it was, you know, it was a black DJ who found him and was like, we need to make something of this and brought him to record execs. And, and they were like, oh yeah, this is a sound mm. that we can do. So, um, he was DJing around Toronto and, and kind of doing, doing his stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, people were coming to people of all races and creeds were coming to his show. Like he was accepted. So it's hard to, it's hard to criticize him. It's also hard to criticize a song that won a Juno. <laughs> <laughs> This is our second Canadian artist. It's terrible. We had the uh, Black Velvet woman. That was that song was horrible. Yeah, the Canadians, and we've talked about Nickelback too. I think because he oh, was oh, because yeah. uh, what's That's his right. face was with um, so we're over three with Canada. Over the, yeah, their Canada's not doing well. No. When we get to, I wish we we could get to Joni Mitchell, but she won't ever. You know, probably in, not in these forty years. So, um, yeah. Want, uh, I, anything else? I just wanted to say, seven weeks at number one. I saw that. It's fucking nuts. Crazy. It is. This nuts. song was everywhere. It was everywhere. But I remember. Were you offended by the song when you heard it? Then I was not offended. Me either. But I didn't know. I knew he was white. I did but too. I didn't know. Um, I, did. I didn't know if it was. I thought maybe he was from Jamaica. Oh, I was thinking about this. I had a good buddy. He's such a good guy. Chris Davis, still around. The um, Orioles' first baseman. No, it wasn't. Same name. Um, but he was born in his family. He was born in Jamaica. His family's uh, Jamaican. And um, but he, when we so we were we were good friends in high school and he sounded like his same accent as me. Like he didn't have a Jamaican accent, but he could go. He could like go right into it because I'm sure a lot of his, his family, extended family members had it uh, and loved reggae at the time. I wonder I, I'd love to ask him like, do you, does he sound like a does does that does he sound like he's from Jamaican Jamaica? Like, is he doing that right? And right. how do you feel about him doing this? Act? I'd right. love to ask him, um, but I don't remember. I, I think we were old, you know, when I'm a 15, I wasn't listening to as much top 40. This was everywhere, but I didn't, right. you know, no, I didn't, but you couldn't avoid this. Couldn't avoid everywhere. it. True. Yeah. But I remember not being offended at all. I, I wasn't offended. I, if anything, I probably, Oh wow. That's kind of interesting. A white guy does reggae. That's, that's, I just figured he was from, sucks, I, think, I, I think I figured he was from Jamaica, but I didn't, but I will say back then though, I never really thought about, like cultural appropriation didn't probably that, that term didn't really exist in my, at least in my world. I didn't know. I never heard it before. And I just didn't, I wasn't aware that that could be, yeah, you know, shitty to somebody else. Well, the or, other thing, the other thing too, is you can't understand any of his words. So how how do you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, you don't know what he's even fucking talking about. So I just figured, yeah. So there was like no clues for me of where he was from or what he was doing. I didn't really look into him. There was no real internet either. No, I knew he was white, a guy doing reggae. I knew he was white. That was it. Yeah, I, white I guy doing reggae. And obviously, you mentioned the in living, in living color thing, which is really interesting. So it must have been some blowback, but it's just I, I was a white kid listening to alternative. I didn't, I didn't, I was the blowback wasn't in my radar. That was kind of big then, though, because UB40 was doing that too. Yes. There are a bunch of, I, I don't know if the whole band uh, is yeah, white, but at least the at singer, least, yes. the like the main yep. singer guy is UB40. So, so that was kind of happening, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe I was a little desensitized to it or it didn't, didn't wasn't aware of it. Right. No, I think that's it. So uh, I, this, I think, will crack my bottom five. It's a shit song. Wow, it will crack your bottom five? Pretty <laughs> sure. Our bottom five have been so bad. I know, but I think I think you we're hate there. song that much, huh? Yeah, it's I really think bad. it's. I, I don't. It won't be. It won't be the worst. I think it might be the fifth worst. I took a look today. So this is this is one of the worst weeks. One of the worst. Episodes oh god, for you. this is the. I was dreading this episode, but I think you. I mean, I think that it turned out pretty well, actually. Yeah, but we uh, disagree on Sandlot, but yes. Well, I mean, you know, you you can't be perfect all the time. Only sometime. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything else. Are you? No, do headlines. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> is that, that bad? They're quick. Uh, April 11th, uh, Bernhard Langer won his second Masters. Um, but he'd only had three PGA wins his whole career. Really? Uh, he won two Masters. Oh, wow. And then the week after the 85, he won 85 and he won 93. Yeah. The week after the 85 Masters, he won the Sea Pines Heritage. <laughs> what the fuck is that? But it, So he won two basically back-to-back. Yeah. Won again in 93. Never Nothing won else? any tournament ever. Wow, he just knew how to turn it on he for must like have really one day. Or really liked that course. Could have been. I wonder if it was the same course. Well, Masters is the same course every year. Oh, it is? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know enough about yeah. golf. It's yeah. the same course. So he must just kill that course. He must, yeah. Um, on April 17th, two LAPD officers were found guilty in a civil trial in the beating of Rodney King. Right, this we talked about- was two years after the LA riot. So they finally, there were four officers involved with, LA, with the uh, Rodney King beating. Two of them yep. were found guilty of civil court, and that actually happened this week. Yeah. Um, Good. And then April 17th, the Kansas City Chiefs signed Joe Montana. Wow. Who was actually quite good for them. He went. They went to an AFC championship game. They lost. They didn't win a, a Super Bowl with him? No. Chiefs had... I thought they did. Won a Super Bowl in... I think they won Super Bowl four, and then they didn't win again until this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they... And they didn't go to a Super Bowl. They didn't make it to the AFC championship game. Um, and, but Montana was decent for them. He was... At that he point, was definitely was an older... Very much, older like, guy. very accurate, yeah. but very short passes. He didn't have the... Because he had been really hurt. That's how Steve Young got the job was right. in San Francisco that he was hurt for so long. But um, he came back. He was he's pretty good. He was a, he was a nice little quarterback for them. Incredible, um, incredible athlete. Yeah, in his time. Oh, he was great. Yeah. I mean, he was, um, you know, Tom Brady is probably the best ever. I'm a Jets fan, so it's hard for me to say. But, I know it's hard, um, but that's why but I was Montana was my, was the, the gold standard. from your mouth. Yes. <laughs> you, you love Tom Brady. Yes. No, I, I mean, I, as an athlete, yeah, I think mm. he, he's a phenomenal player. Yeah. I hope hopefully the Buccaneers do well this year and the Patriots. Do no, I don't actually. I, I hope that they get destroyed. Oh, I disagree. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so we're back on Saturday with indecent proposal. And if I ever lose faith in you by staying, staying an indecent proposal. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'll put that poll up. Is this well, by they, now? Yeah, already would have happened. Know. Is the Sandlot a good yeah, movie? They're, they're just going to, they are going to trash. I'm going to goad them on trashing you too, by the way. <laughs> don't do that no no you totally can't. gonna do that no you have I to you have to leave it completely vacant it has to be no one knows so who thought of what i'm just gonna simply ask no the i question. know but i'm just gonna say yeah chris is you know he is he's a ter- like he's got terrible movie takes all the time that's the type of stuff that's gonna come from my mouth you're just gonna think i hate the sandlot i know i don't hate the sandlot i, like I know the sandlot. but but it'll be a nice little heel turn comes come uh wednesday oh boy all right anything else that's it all right see you next time